What are we talking about this week? Um, stuff. Yeah, what kind of things? Ideally useful stuff. For musicians. Particularly to musicians. Mm. Um, so we're not going to talk about caffeine for no. the first three minutes. I could do with the coffee, though. Uh, you've got this Insta thing that mm. um, is nice and precise and actionable and immediately useful. Um, some Spotify stuff? Spotify and Shopify. Spotify and Shopify. Spotify. Fies. Um, we're going to continue our journey down the Bitcoin disco metaverse. Mm, that exciting world. Yeah, the exciting world of getting money for your music. That's pretty exciting. Rather. Some of the corporate stuff can get a bit yawn, mm. but... Doing what you love. Well, all these things ultimately that we're going to talk about are about how you can increase your chances of making a living of a musician. Money's quite useful to that. Mm-hmm. Audience is quite useful to fair. Yeah, yeah. And the reason we talk about social media a lot on this podcast is because that's the main way you're going to communicate with those people to convert them into people that give you money or give you engagement, which helps you make a living doing what you love. Yeah. So I think there's a million things that have happened since we recorded the last show that we <laughs> thought might be useful to talk about. So we have actually done some prep team we do care no. about you enough to actually try and break it down have a few tiffs and uh try and decide what is most important and most relevant to talk about and I say we you mean me ironically yeah. one of them is something we're still having a tiff about whether or not it is useful <laughs> for you um so we came to this happy medium of a significant thing has happened over the past few weeks it's actually in the past seven days as we record this where we think or at least i think there is something in it that is useful for a musician to be aware of where are you going with this? <laughs> Sounds like you're going to say something really dodgy. Oh, putting no, all these dodge. different it's conditions. It's one of the biggest terms. companies in the world. I'm not trying to oh, like, this is the mask matter it. Thing. This is the matter thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. masking it in innuendo or anything. Okay, it sounded like it was going to be quite no, dodgy. No, 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 no. This is an MI5. Okay. This is the fact... Every, loads of people... Of I, I imagine the majority of our audience will have had this come into their social feeds yeah. and their awareness at some point. They might not have understood what was going on, which is rightfully so, because I didn't really understand what was going on until I processed it properly. So we're going to do the Instagram thing. Yeah. We're going to do the Spotify thing. We're yeah. going to do the NFT thing. But you want to start with... I think talking about this story is the most important thing for his number one thing to talk about as a priority because even if we just spend two or three minutes on it, breaking down what it is and why it's important, it almost gives validity to all the other things we talk about because what we're essentially talking about here is one of the biggest companies in the world saying we are going to focus on this thing because we think it's where the world is going. And so many things we have already talked about on the show, we'll talk about on this specific episode and we'll continue to talk about in future episodes, will be in this world. And that is the fact that Facebook, one of the most influential companies in the world, and company is important there because we're not talking about the social media platform, we are talking about the company Facebook, have rebranded to the very nice and simple Meta. I'm a bit disappointed they didn't go for the Bitcoin ETF Discoverse. It was trademark. We trademarked. We, we it, made remember? our pitch last did. month, didn't we? We forgot to send them the trademark letter. So, uh, okay. um, so Facebook has rebranded, and we've already one actionable point we'll do from this is there's a kind of three minute summary video by the boss of Instagram, which we think is really really useful, yeah, a good way good. of expressing it. That gets rid of all the jargon and just expresses it in a way that you guys will understand. So we'll link that below. So that's just if you are interested after what we talk about here, go and watch that because it'll give you even more insight. And I think it expresses it in with some really good examples that you might not have kind of processed if you saw the hour-long Zuckerberg one, which is very confusing and robotesque. And terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Do you think that was his pitch to be the next Bond villain? Well, do you know what it is? I I refuse to believe that that isn't orchestrated. He's one of the smartest men in the world. Like, I don't understand how people can think that's not all a ploy. Within seconds, people are sharing it and memeing it, and that's what they want. Don't be a part of the problem, man. 
Anyway, helping musicians. So the reason we want to talk about it, Facebook has rebranded to Meta. Meta being short for Metaverse. Metaverse being a million different things, but it's this new world that a lot of people, organizations, predictors think we're moving into over the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years of (laughs) essentially the world, everything being a bit more interactive. That is one of the main words that they use is interactivity. One of the ways Mr. Instagram describes it is we've gotten used to kind of just tapping rectangles on our phone and soon we're going to be in the worlds that are in those rectangles. I'm not going to go on the world of trying to explain what that means. Again, if you're interested, watch the video in the description. But what it does mean is that all the crypto NFT stuff we talked about in the last episode and we'll talk about in a bit, all of the examples that we've given about why the NFT and crypto stuff is important because ownership and people tipping and people engaging with you in ways that they haven't been able to engage with you before, basically Facebook has gone, yeah, we know that's going to be big. We want to be a bit part of that literally to the point that we're going to change our company name to be a part of it. So is there much actionable right now? And strategy. Yeah. It's not just, well, some cynics will say, is this just a a rebrand? And there is part of that. You may or may not want to get into the whole, are they just doing this to try and distract from the fact that half the countries in the world (laughs) want to sue their ass? Um, But it's it's also strategy change across, I think, four companies, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Oculus. Correct. Are the four big companies. Uh, Google did something like this in 2015. Yeah. They changed to Alphabet. With hindsight, actually, there wasn't that much behind it. Yeah. It doesn't look like. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it feels like there's more. Instagram, Facebook, and um, WhatsApp are all staying. Correct. Those no, three brands. Even but app- Oculus is changing to Meta. True. And that's because that's they expect a lot that of the way the, you'll interact with it will be through. So in case you don't know what Oculus is, that is the virtual reality stuff, isn't it? Thing you stick on your head and you end up in a magical world, yeah. Yeah. That is the Black Mirror stuff but the soon becoming very real Black Mirror stuff. Um, but right now, again, I don't think the people listening to this really need to be t- worried too much about the no. details of that. What I is the relevance of this to musicians? I think the relevance of this to musicians is two things. One is you could not, and we record this four days after this news is broke, I think. Yeah. This episode will come out a week later. I think, I mean, it definitely is going to be one of the biggest news stories of the year. There's no doubt in those year round. It's a big news news story. Correct. But for musicians. Because... All of the things we talk about, about being ahead of the curve so you can take advantage of all that attention as it gets... You said 25 years when you in your intro to this. <laughs> I said 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, actually. There's ahead of the curve and then there's like the whole different shape. Well, they all, a lot of people in that world always use the phrase bullish, don't they? Oh, I'm being bullish on this, I'm being bullish on this. Um, and I think part of it is, yeah, it's going to be a while before this is your mum's asking you how many NFTs you have and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And but actually, there is a chance that your mum might be asking to go and watch a movie with you in the metaverse before she's asking you what NFTs you have. And that's part of it. Is it's there's at least a case. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but I'm saying there is at least a case with how quickly that is happening. For context, maybe it's just that thing. What's it called when? you learn something or you see something and then you become aware of it way more. And it doesn't mean it's happening anymore. It just means that your brain is picking up on the indicators that were there. Uh, that is your reticular activation system, I that, believe, RAS. So when, when you it's become aware record. of something, your brain stops filtering it out, which yeah. makes you feel like you're seeing it more often. Yeah. So that, for example, so even since Thursday, I've seen like three or four DJs that I follow going, oh, I'm doing a live stream in this private metaverse world yeah and it's not the facebook one like these independent ones nottingham's actually had a big one for ages the lockwood one i can't remember the lockwood publishing um people based in confetti who no we nearly based. who 
Oh, their sign is still on there. I saw it. They've moved to the train station. Okay. Breaking Nottingham. Breaking news. Nottingham business, where they're based and what their accurate address is, news. Um, and we nearly did FSM with them in like 2016 or something, didn't we? Super Furniture have played in there as a prize of being a part oh, did of the they? Super, super, super Sound of Nottingham. Future Sound of Nottingham, those lucky, lucky boys. And they've been massive in Alabama ever since. Ever since. So I think the key thing is, watch this video if you're interested. I think it genuinely, just being aware of what the metaverse is and thinking about it, you know, it could be as soon as a year that genuinely it is both an income stream and also just almost an expectation. An income stream for musicians within 12 months. I think so. How? I think, but all of the things virtual that we talk, gigs. Virtual gigs, the tipping, the, you know, there's already talk about like you can pre-record the character avatar, I think is the official term, but the, yeah. the avatar of your musician, like you can prove... That means digital identity. Digital character, yeah. which will be based on you and look system degree. So you like as an individual you. musician or you as your band could have your own digital Correct. identity within the Facebook. Because you're not mentioning something really significant. What's There's that? a couple of... Yeah, yeah. Facebook's population is three billion odd people. Yeah, it's like literally half the planet. All the way more, but it's getting towards 80 or 90% of the people who are on the internet. Correct. Yeah, and it's great. And again, if you watch this Instagram video, one of their pictures, their wholesome side of it is, you know, oh, my family all across the world will yeah, be able yeah, to watch yeah, a movie yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. It'll be all so interactive. They'll probably charge you. Exactly. How much do you believe that? Like, we're not talking about that. We are just talking about the fact that there is going to be a new type of, literally a new type of internet at some point in the next probably five to 10 years when it's mainstream. And over the next few years, it's going to become more and more a common thing, more and more in, integrated into like platforms that already exist. And the point I was getting to is like some of these metaverses and worlds that already exist, you can almost pre-program your character. So you're sleeping and your fan pays a tenner to go and hang out with you. And it's just some fucking things you've already pre-recorded. Yeah. It's a bit lame. Everyone will have their own opinion on that. But that's the thing that you can do. You can spend an hour pre-recording. Hey, insert name. Happy birthday. Da, 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 da. And someone might pay a tenor for that. And you wake up and you just got a tenor for that birthday song you sang to someone that you didn't sing or just stuff like that. It's it sounds absolutely terrifying and it's horrible. It's Black Mirror. Fucking and crazy. I want to turn all my technology off. Got two devices right there. <laughs> yeah, I had it Listening. here. It's just like a symbolically <laughs> turn it all off. I think it, it obviously is scary, but also I think like most of the people that will say they're scared of it are using yeah. it in so many other ways as well. So yeah, it's that I'm thing like if you're going to detox it, if you are going to fucking go and live, live on a cliff somewhere without any devices, fair dues to your respect. <laughs> but if you are actually using multiple computers all the time, you just think you don't want to use Facebooks, for example, then it's it. You're almost just self-harming at that point because the you're still being tracked, you're still being traced. Well, we're separating but... between your personal life and your career, mm. and we're all about helping musicians. It's going to be there. It's getting harder mm -hmm. to get to the making a living level as yep. a musician without embracing this technology to some degree. I think in the majority of countries, I don't see how you could without it to some degree now because without using those platforms, I don't really see how you're gonna short of the few exceptions of bands that are massively popular in their hometown so they just see the poster in the local pub and stuff like obviously there will be a few extremes like that i just really don't see how that's maybe old 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 school like group chats and stuff or a mailing list but that's still in a form just an old what? school form of social media social mailing you're starting to get into the some the non-Facebook perspectives on the metaverse and mm. one of the so we may want to hold this for later or even another oh, show is resale. One of the reasons Facebook is making such an aggressive land grab for the metaverse, I think, this is more bigger picture stuff, is that it knows um, 
it's got direct competition from the classics, like the Googles and that malarkey, but it's also got the possibilities that have been opened up, up by blockchain technology that are going to allow individuals and much smaller groups and communities to interact with each other without having to involve the big corporate behemoths. Mm-hmm. So that's some good news. <laughs> if you want to be a cult underground artist and yeah. not use the man, um, we're also moving towards a space technology-wise where that's going to be more possible. And you're not going to have to pay Zuckerberg to reach your own fans that you spent two or three years building up on his platform. Speaking of Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. should we move on to another one of his platforms? Another one of his platforms. <laughs> yeah. So, Which have done something helpful for yes. musicians. Yes, and quite easy, I think. And it's quite, it is quite significant. By the time, again, by the time the show comes out, every Instagram user should have this. I'm using the word should there because Facebook and Instagram notoriously can roll things out and a few people can be missing them and being like, why don't I have this feature? Uh, and there's no good reason really. But basically, as we record this, Instagram has now one of the most wanted features in all of social media land, the can you put a link on your Instagram story? No, you need at least 10,000 followers to activate it. Woo-hoo. I would go as far as to say that is genuinely a chance, not that there's a massively long list, probably the most <laughs> wanted feature on social media platforms, or at least the one that is most complained about of why do I not have it? Yeah. It used to be this exclusive club of you need 10,000 followers to activate it. Or and pay. It, or pay, because yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm pr- sorry, 10,000 followers to activate it for your unpaid posts, you've always, as ever, if you pay people, get the features. Um, but basically, Instagram will now allow any account as long as you're not a robot and it has its <laughs> tools to work that out. As long as you're a real human, real musician, obviously we're assuming if you're listening to the show, you can now post a story to your Instagram account and you can put a link directly onto that story to send people off of Instagram to where you want to send them. So the classic things for a musician being... You've, it's release day, you've just put your new single, your new EP out. You can now send people directly to Spotify. You can post a story going EP out and then there's literally a link. You press two buttons and boom, they're on yeah. your Spotify. Whereas up until this had happened a few days, maybe a few weeks ago now, you literally had to post a story saying be, become aware of it. You'd then have to say link in bio. They'd then have to click on your profile. They'd then have to click on the link. You'd probably have a link tree because that was the only place that you could put links. So you'd have seven links. They then had to work out which one of it was. You'd then have to click on it and then link tree would go, are you sure you want to go here? And then you'd have to click on it. And so I'm like asleep 10 now. Minutes. Exactly. I'm bored of talking about it. Yeah. Never mind the person that's actually having to do <laughs> and it. And you very rarely get bored Exactly. True that, true that. So going back to one of our catchphrases across all of these things we talk about, make it easy, social media, our mates, has now made it significantly easier for you to drive your audience on Instagram to other platforms. Now, whether that's Spotify to listen to that music, whether it's you finally got your awesome gear and started your TikTok campaign, so you want to send some of your Instagram followers to your TikToks, you can do that through to merch and you've set up your merch store and you've come up with some creative content around it before you'd come up with that creative content of promoting your merch and then you might lose them by the time you tried to get them to go to the web address that had the merch on because there's too many clicks in the way now in theory you can post a selfie of you looking fit in your sweatshirt and it's like one click away and they're on the web page ready to buy so that's that's not going to affect your reach it's going to affect the conversion rate conversion rate correct so let's assume you get on average 250 people watching your stories I don't know. There's a chance that you said new single, new EP out, and only 30 of them like were interested, and you lost half of them by the time they went to click it. 
Now you might keep 23 of them instead of 15 of them. And so some things you've done in the last 12 months and you've not got the reaction you're looking for, it's worth trying again now because the conversion rate should be better. Yeah, and again, it's important not to be entitled with a lot of this stuff. Like so many social media users are like following so many people. A lot of music fans follow a lot of musicians just because your single EP, whatever release date is really, really important to you. It's not necessarily really important even to your fans because they love loads of music and there's loads of people releasing music all the time. So... And often it, on the same day. Correct, New Music Friday, classic. We were talking oh. earlier, you were saying that there's well, this yeah, blur there's, on Thursday into Friday. Yeah, and there's almost like an indie New Music Friday to some degree now on, on Wednesdays. <laughs> new Music Wednesday. Indie New Music Friday well, on Wednesday. It's the classic thing, isn't it? <laughs> Trying to stand out. But yeah. Again, ultimately, you now... Yeah, you now have a significantly higher chance of sending people to other places you want to send them. That still requires you to be creative with how you do it. That still requires you to put thought into it, not overuse it because people will get bored. If people don't engage with it, once you do it, the algorithms will push your stuff out to less people and then it's a lose-lose. So you still have to be very thoughtful. And ultimately, if you're balling, spend a load of money on it because that will definitely do better than not mm -hmm. spending money on it. But assuming you have very little budget and you'd much rather put that into smashing the actual music and a gen more general kind of creation of that music and the promotion around it, a feature that was exclusive to a very select club is basically available to everyone now. And it's a very, I mean, literally, I stand by what I said at the start of this section. I think it's probably the most wanted feature for most mm. social media platforms. And now everyone has it. Cool. Um, so that's part one. And then... Staying, that was part one. Part one. <laughs> staying within the cool new things that have happened on social media platforms that will help you make more money or help you drive people to other things you do. Spotify. Are we calling Spotify a social media platform? Kind of. Well, this is it. Both things I'm about to say. Spotify uh -huh. and Shopify uh -huh. are both kind of half company websites and half kind of social media platforms. They're a weird gray area. I mean, almost everything in 2021 is kind of a social media platform. I want to argue now. with you, but it'll be such, it's a, not it's it. such a tangent. Sexy, so sexy, let's just acknowledge We have deliberately decided mm. not to have an argument exactly. about Shopify. So very, very quick. Again, why should someone care? Shopify and Spotify have made an official partnership, which basically, in short, means that now on your Spotify profile, you can link directly to merch. Yeah. Before, you used to have to, kind of like the Instagram thing we were just talking about, you have to send them to a website, you yeah, have to yeah, then yeah, send yeah. them somewhere else. Are you sure you want to leave this website? Da, 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 da. Whereas now, the majority of people that run merch stores on websites, um, so I'm not talking about doing like eBay or any of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, like proper merch stores on websites, which are quite easy yeah. to make as a musician, the lead, industry leader in that world is Shopify. It has yeah. been for a long time, even more so over the past few years. Shopify is basically Spotify for shopping. It's yeah. just the go-to place. Everyone uses it. It's quite easy to use. Because they've now got this official partnership, that means if you use that to run your merch, you hook them, two of them up, you load up your... So your fan loads up your Spotify profile. They see your picture, you looking fit, your top five songs with all your incredibly yeah. impressive streaming numbers, your little bit of bio, and there will be two, three, four of your most recent pieces of merch with a photo of them, obviously whichever photo you uploaded, plus a link to them and the price. So... Again, making it easy. If someone wanted to buy merch, now they are technically one click away from going to where they buy it versus whereas before you'd yeah. almost be reliant on them going, I like this band enough to see if they have any merch. Yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. So Spotify is doing quite a good job of becoming the one-stop shop. You got yeah. the music, you got the tickets. That happened a couple of years ago. That they Yeah, was it Songkick or whoever they integrated with? And now merch if you use Shopify. Spotify, Shopify. Yeah, and I'd argue that there aren't really... 
it's kind of like the whole Facebook thing. There's some moral problems with Shopify mm. some people have, but ultimately, if you're just in this, you want the easiest way to increase increase the chances of people spending money and supporting your music, then Spotify has just made that significantly easier to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, maybe this is just a slight tangent, but it's one that I always try and talk about is this is a good thing for small businesses more generally, but I see a lot of musicians do this, is if you put DM me to order merch or DM me to do this, you're just going to lose so many potential customers because fair enough, some people might like the thought of speaking to you, especially if it's like a super fan or something. But a lot of people just want to know the price. We all are nosy. Before we buy something, <laughs> we want to know how much we might have to pay. If you're going DM me for prices or something, you're losing eight out of those 10 potential customers because you're only going to get the super fans that want to stalk you. Is anyway. there any research behind that number or is that just your that is guess? That's some hyperbole. But yeah. <laughs> if you, I'm pretty sure if you, there, is, there isn't in the world of, I don't think so, in the context of music merch, but there are definitely stuff in small businesses like every small business school ever online like is like this is like a cardinal sin like you should only do this if it's like tattoo artists are a good example of where it can be useful because tattoo artists nine times out of ten are very custom very personal yeah. you want to build a personal relationship there yeah, yeah. whereas music merch is kind of the opposite they've got yeah. a box in a warehouse somewhere of 100 t-shirts that they're yeah. trying to flog as quickly as possible so what's the latest on your geniusly trademark stroke and trademark crypto disco metaverse nft money making elon friendly World. Well, I have started my legal action against Mr. M. Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. clearly, clearly, he was one of the 72 people who watched the first <laughs> No Music podcast. <laughs> Inspired. And decided, I'm going to clear this up. And I don't like the idea of uh, this Web3 Bitcoin disco metaverse being called such a mischief of a sentence. And I'm going to go for good old... Fashion meta. I'm really impressed he managed to get meta. meta but yeah. I imagine Facebook's got a pretty hardcore set of lawyers. You can imagine they like basically kneecap anyone, I guess, in a way. Um, so uh, I think we said on the first pod, we were kind of acknowledging that there is this crazy world that we don't even know the name of. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly ironically, <laughs> mm -hmm. now that Zuckerberg's made that move. Yeah. Um, and there's this sense that there's quite a lot of exciting opportunities for musicians, even if they're not immediate. Mm -hmm. But it's de de definitely the direction of travel and one that I feel is, you know, one, two, three years away, not two and a half decades away. <laughs> um, and I think we said in the first show that we would probably end up talking about NFTs yep. in this show. Specifically. As arguably somewhere between the most exciting, most talked about, most immediate thing that is impacting um, musicians uh, at all levels. Whilst there's some mind-blowing things like tokenization, which, um, you know... If that word grabs your attention, Google um, RAC uh, and tape. He did an amazing project. Um, um, streaming, I think, is going to be really interesting over the next few years when we have blockchain streaming entities that decide to not take any money and share all the streaming revenue um, with artists. But right now, um, it's probably NFTs. Um, mm. And you know, I've chatted off mic a little bit about this to agree that's probably the thing we want to talk about yeah. a bit most we've got a general principle with this show that we want to focus on benefits not features yeah. so we are not going to have a geek off going oh a non-fungible token uh, secured on a blockchain verified but we're not going to do that no we're going to talk about how is this useful to me as a musician mm -hmm. and, and when is it going to be useful to me tell as a musician me tell me um so you were kind of um throwing constructive criticism stroke abuse at me earlier i mean mm. just kind of sums up a typical day yeah. in our music in music world i like saying well can you sum this this thing up in one word two word three words and i was thinking, I mean, if i had to sum up 
an NFT in one word, it would probably be merch. Certainly with a sort of musician's hat on. Yeah. Maybe if it was a bit broader, if it was a more of a businessman's hat, it might be property. Yeah. And it, if you said two words, it would be the same next words. It would be digital merch or digital property. Mm -hmm. So, that, And that is actually, if we can have a 30 to 60 seconds like off-piste, a big that's like at the essence of where this could be life-changing, like for society, it's almost a philosophical point. You think about it, you can't really own stuff on the internet. Mm. Property as a concept doesn't really exist on the internet. And you might be going, oh, I've got my da -da -da. Well, actually you don't own it. You don't own your Instagram account. You don't the own domain, your Facebook account. Domains, maze. yeah. Oh, I own my domain. Oh, I'm pretty sure you get a bill every two years. And if you don't pay it, they take it back off you. Yes, yeah, right. Um, and that's not just because of big nasty companies trying to make loads of money out of the little guy. It's also because it's actually really, really difficult concept to master ownership mm. in the internet where everything can be copy and pasted, downloaded a million billion times. And, the JPEG. And, that's, and that's been a big part of the musician struggle um, yep. from Napster, Napster, Napster onwards. Yep. Um, you know, before that, musicians and record labels were making loads of money. Yeah. Coining it. So there's this almost philosophical thing of how do you actually have property on the internet. And so that's one of your one-liners. NFTs solve that. They create provable, unhackable digital property. And so for musicians, that probably means merch, or at least that's a, a relatable term right now. So suddenly you can sell stuff, more stuff you couldn't sell before. So, you know, how's this useful for a musician? Well, there's things you can sell now that you couldn't sell before. Mm -hmm. And the moment something is verifiable digital property that means you can do things like encode resale fees yep. into it so we've spoken about that that's one of the really really exciting things here if i sell my a t-shirt or a hoodie at my gig at the at bodega or the chameleon to 27 of my most hardcore 100 fans that come to that show that's exciting made some money probably paid the rent for a month um but i'll never get anything out of that again Whereas with digital property, with NFTs, mm -hmm. if um, for some reason that fan decides that they hate you or they're really Possible. desperate for money or you become really successful, so they think the hoodie is worth more money and they resell it in 18 months' time, you get a percentage of that. So by creating digital, making digital property a thing, NFTs create the opportunity to sell more things and when those things are resold, you can make more money. Um, we've yes, yeah, so we've talked about on the school tour. There's this stat now that like if you're a teenager in a Western country, you've got a 50% chance of living to 100. So if you're 18, 19, 20, you're, you're selling a piece of digital merch. It could be getting resold for 60, 70, 80 years, and you could be getting getting money for it automatic automatically thanks to this crazy technology. So you know benefits, not features. Features are oh, the encoded uh, thing in the NFT means that. You're going to keep getting money for something you sold years ago. Yeah. Potentially. Tasty. Um, we spoke last time about this kind of overview of four broad areas. We thought this tech was going to help musicians and we've been trying to kind of make it a bit a bit more relatable and use terms that might really annoy, annoy a programmer or annoy <laughs> a, a real business yeah, person, yeah, yeah. but are kind of relatable to musicians. So we've got digital merch, mm -hmm. which NFT is the most famous, yep. and digital ownership, so moving away from the idea of having a record deal to maybe you do a 25% record deal 
and then 24% goes to your fans. Yeah. So they share in you as an artist. 24 is a deliberate number because that makes 49. I think that'll be a frequent number. In other mm -hmm. words, at 51%, you keep artistic control. Yeah. So you get a situation where you can get some money up front, a mixture of crowdfunding from fans and the classic upfront money from a label, which gives you the freedom to then do what you want to do musically, but you keep artistic control. Yep. Digital merch, digital ownership, digital fan clubs. What the Royal Mail used to do 20 years ago, sending people a letter and Facebook has done over the last 10 years with Twitter and Instagram, but are now stopping you and gatekeeping you and charging you to reach your fan bases that you've built up on those platforms. Yep. And this technology is going to allow you to connect directly for free with no middleman. I've said to you off mic, one of the themes of this new world is going to be cutting out middlemen, yep. whether that's a record label, whether that's whether that's a Zuckerberg and having direct ownership and direct connection. So digital merch, um, digital ownership, digital fan clubs, and then digital payments. Yep. That's, that's, that's a really big thing. We've talked about how that's going to enable basically online busking more. Suddenly with streams, when 72 people were watching in March or April 2020, and it was nice, it was good for your ego, but it wasn't necessarily helping you pay those bills that you were really struggling to pay because suddenly you couldn't do gigs anymore. Yeah. Making it easier to do 50p, £1, £1.50, £2 payments, effectively digital busking. Yeah. Micropayments make that possible, and this blockchain, digital, disco, metaverse is going to make that stuff possible that stuff possible. Yep. Um, so one of our favorite things is to use examples. Benefits, not features, and examples. So there's quite a few famous people you may have heard of already, like your Kings of Leon, like your Grimes, like your Stoyoki, that have made big, big money on ETFs. Yep. So I think it's useful to read about that. ETFs. But did I say ETFs? NFT, sorry, ETFs, an exchange-trained fund. I'm mixing up my geeky oh. economic terms. Apologize about that. Hello, ladies. Um, so uh, you can Google that quite easily. It is a fair critique, and I think you said some people have said this on social media. Like, is this just another way for successful artists to make more money? Yeah. What is the relevance to early days musicians like we work with? Yeah. That's an absolute fair point, and it may prove to be accurate. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to shout out some examples of um, artists who were not well-known, and then we're going to go into a slightly controversial one. Um, there's a great Vice article on a, I think she's in a Los Angeles-based singer called Latasha, uh, I wrote down her full name, Latasha Alcindor. So you put Latasha and Vice and NFTs, hopefully <laughs> that article will come up. Yep. It's a really balanced article on is this good or bad for musicians. And it's, she's an example of basically an unsigned musician and she's made a couple of thousand dollars here, a couple of thousand dollars there on doing stuff with NFTs. Mm -hmm. So that is someone that a musician at the start of their career can relate to. Yeah. Um, there's also that domino artist. So Domino's. again, if you put dominoes and uh, NFTs into Google, that will hopefully come up. You found, you found that artist, I think, on Instagram. Twitter. And, uh, was it Twitter? Yeah. Sorry. And then Jax Green is another example of an artist, you know, early days. Um, now, you may see some of these artists now and they look a bit bigger yeah. because they've got a little bit of traction because of being... Yeah. Um, but they are artists that you can relate to in terms of their level of success. And they're still dreaming of... Um, you know, they're probably now making a living from music and feeling slightly less stressed, but they still don't know where the bills are going to be paid yeah. in 12, 18 months' time. Yeah. So, and we'll hopefully maybe put those names on the screen. Yeah, of course. So we've shouted out some famous examples. We've shouted out some at the start of their uh, career examples. One of the most famous examples, I said to you the sentence, he's not really famous, and you fell off your chair. Yeah. Blau, who, get ready in your chair, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, made... $11 million. 7.4, actually. $11 million 
on NFTs, I don't know if you registered this, on an old record. Yeah, it's like a few years It wasn't ago, a right? new release. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he just did a lot of clever stuff with an album that I think was three years yeah, old. Yeah. And I said to you, and he's not really that famous. Yeah, I mean, I challenge your definition of not really that famous, as in could probably play to a few thousand people in quite a few parts of America. Well, I thought we might play a game here. I thought oh, we might play Google Spotify it. monthly listener bingo as a kind of way of quantifying how well-known well someone is. That's why I've got this here. Fair, but you may notice I went for the live reference. I didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because sure. live hasn't existed for 18 months. <laughs> so I thought I'd keep it like in but, this decade. Basically haven't but, been live gigs yeah. in this decade. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how many... I think monthly listeners is one of the closest to an accepted form of sort of measure yeah, right now. Metric. Agreed, yeah. Um, so how many monthly listeners do you reckon Blau, we'll put the name on the screen, you can, if you're not Blau. Really, has got? At least a female. Female, okay. Does I wouldn't it... be surprised if it was as low as one, two mil. I think it could go up to seven or eight mil. I'd be very, very surprised if it was less than a mil. Uh, we've got three other people in the room. Have any of you heard of this guy as a start? I mean, None he is EDM, so he has no British but awareness. I was just, you know, I was, like, I was. the next question was going to be, do you want to have a guess how many followers or monthly listeners he's got, but if they've never heard of him, yeah, <laughs> then, they're Some not going to be able to join into this game of Blau Bingo. <laughs> so just to re-emphasize, this artist, $11 million on NFTs yep. um, of an old record, yep. three years and his monthly listener number is 2.6 million. Yeah. There are Nottingham artists with more than 2.6 million yeah, loads. monthly listeners. Who do you think is the most, got the highest monthly listeners of a Nottingham artist? London Grammar will be flying. I think at one point they were like 25 million. Okay. My guess would be Young Team Bugsy. Let's have a look what no, London Grammar they... are. Anyone else want to get involved in this game of monthly listener bingo? I mean, Brucey could be up there. That's a no. Young Team Bugsy, we were trying to guesstimate. And you thought London Grammar would have more? I did. I wouldn't be... You're backtracking now. No, I, I stand by that was my gut, but beep, I wouldn't be beep, beep, that surprised. Beep, beep. That's the Sam Nahoney Tesco delivery van going Thank in you. reverse. Well, Young Team Bugsy. Right. Shout out to Tyler behind the mic. Young Team Bugsy, four million. Interesting. I mean, to be fair, just released a new I... single as well a few weeks ago. So that could be a part of that. So this is what I'm saying, like Blau, oh, Blau obviously successful, two and a half million listeners yes, is, is successful, <laughs> but it's not a sort of unrelatable, oh, it's okay for him, he's incredibly famous. Yep. And I have a feeling there is one more that's interesting to see, which is Amber Run, because I know they've got some really good <laughs> streaming numbers. Yeah, they've got some. And using your live thing, Amber Run just sold out Rescue Rooms mm -hmm. as an example to see sort of what level they're at and how relatable it is. Yep. Their monthly listeners, 2.7 million. So Amber Run have more monthly listeners than Blau, mm -hmm. who sold an old album for $11.4 for $11. million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's Ish. crazy. Ish, yeah, give or take. That's crazy. So if you haven't heard about Blau, his name's been on the screen by at some point now, Very it's worth Blau. Googling and um, just having your mind blown um, as the possibilities on the right that now. this kind of technology um, is going to offer. Yes, it's a bit hypey right now, there's probably one or two people who are regretting spending $1.5 million <laughs> on one old track with some nice artwork. He did some really clever stuff. He's a very shrewd entrepreneurial character. I don't know if that's a coincidence. It's definitely mm -hmm. one of those situations where someone who's got a passion for music, a passion for marketing, a passion serendipitously for this new technology, it's, it's yeah. all come together. But, you know, if an artist 
with a monthly listenership equivalent to what in the UK works out selling out the rescue rooms. That's a fair point. Can yeah. do that. Can you sell an NFT for $500? Can you sell an NFT for, for a grand? Especially with that stuff you were talking about, there are people actively, Twitter is a great place to find them, like NFT collectors who want to be a part of collecting this early days uh. artist stuff that, you know, it would not be unreasonable for some complete random, you to respond in a Twitter thread with your cool artwork w attached to your cool song and some random dude in New York to spend two and a half grand on it just because he wanted to add it to his yeah. collection for clout. Well, I mean, this is, I don't, we've said we're going to focus on benefits, not features. What we've just tried to do is focus on precise examples. Yeah. Uh, one of the benefits of NFTs is if you have a, you're on the, we're constantly talking about making a living from music. One of our reference points is constantly the thousand fans theory. Yeah. Um, one of the things this opens up is if one or two, let's say you've got 174 fans right now, yeah. by which I mean people who will go to your gig if it's in your town, they will buy the record maybe a couple of times, that's what Kevin Kelly used to say, yeah. writing a thousand fans, they will buy merch. Different versions. You've now got a new thing to sell them, and if 2% of your 174 are quite rich, win -win. which means three and a half humans, uh -huh. They've now Child. got something they could spend 500 quid or a grand on. And if you're going, I haven't got any rich fans, well, that is, again, that's something you could do a plan on. You could start doing gigs in, in, in better off areas yeah. and make a plan to not just grow your fan base, but actually want to get some more. To do some rich old dude. Yeah, or go down the... Uh, she makes money. Route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you getting that? You getting I, that? I got the Good, awesome. terrible, terrible um, joke, Kanye. Uh, I wasn't a joke. Oh, I mean, even worse would be me, me singing. Um, that was a joke. So, yeah, uh, that is one of the big, uh, another one of the benefits is that it creates these unique things that you can do very creatively as Blau yeah. shows and then, and then sell to that small percentage of your fan base that either are actually quite well off and or just want to really resupport really you, which is that one line I said to you the other day of changing from consuming merch to investing in artists. And the resale stuff we've already spoken about, that's obviously quite exciting because someone could actually buy some of your stuff not being that into your music, but they just think you've got talent and that you're going to be good and therefore it's a good in, a good investment. Starts to get into status and ego and um, those kind of things of like, well, okay, you think you're good at spotting artists in the early days. Well, then why don't you buy one of their early day NFTs? And then become, uh, literally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, it's going to mean in, in 2023, 2024, when people are going, oh, I knew they were going to be famous, we can now test them. We go, oh, well, did you buy one of their NFTs then? Yeah. No. Well, why not if you knew they were going to be famous? Because that <laughs> yeah. would have made you loads of money. Don't believe in it. It's bad for the environment. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bastardize the art. That enough on NFTs? Fine. Well, let, uh, let's try and bring this home to a final point for musicians' homework. Based on everything we just talked about over the past 10, 15 minutes, there's one thing. Is it read about Blau and how he did and maybe take some inspiration from that? Is that the... It's, if they go do one thing. If you're going to do one thing, it's probably check out the three early days artists that we spoke about because they are relatable examples. <laughs> if <laughs> that then connects with you and you think this is an area I should spend some time on because this is competes with everything else, sorting out your TikTok strategy, sorting out your Instagram strategy, writing great fucking songs, yep. always the most important thing. <laughs> Um, but it is the music business, isn't it? It is the music industry, as we say. So a percentage yeah. of your time as an artist, certainly in the early days, until you have enough money to pay people to do stuff for you, has to be spent on this businessy stuff. So NFTs are another option now, alongside coming up with a cool new hoodie or, or TikTok strategy. 
Um, and if those things do relate, then maybe um, check out Blau as an example who properly smashed it, but yep. wasn't mega famous like a Kings of Leon or a Grimes or a Steve Aoki. Yep. Well, I think they are mates. They are all mates, yeah. Cool. Well, before we're meant to move on to Nottingham next, the greatest hits of Nottingham. NG. NG, NG, NG. But we have actually had some questions since last time. Ooh. But quite a lot of the questions are generally in the world of things that we've already covered. So we had okay. a decent amount of questions that were basically, how do I do better at social media? So obviously listen back to the specific social media section that we've already gone through. Obviously listen back to the previous show. Obviously listen back to all of the advice videos we have on our YouTube channel, a lot of which I dedicate spe specifically to social media and running. But one specific point that came out of one of the questions, or at least the way it was phrased, was the how do I beat the ever-changing algorithm or something to, to that effect? I just thought that was really interesting just to touch on because I think people often think of the algorithm as being a bad thing. And whilst I understand that perspective, I, I disagree and I think it's quite Making unhealthy. Friend. I friend. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but ultimately the al algorithms, the piece of tech that is algorithms, exist to give the user, the fan what it thinks that it wants. It wants them to have the best experience because ultimately that means they spend the most time on the platform, which means they see the most ads, which means the company that does all that gets the most money. So you got to remember, as much as we hate on Facebook and Instagram and blah, 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 ultimately it wants to give your fan and your user the best experience for them. So don't see the algorithm as this horrible thing. Learn the algorithm and give it what it wants because then the algorithm will give your shit to your fans Feed if it. they want it. And this is the thing that we don't like to talk about is sometimes if your post didn't do very well, it's just because it wasn't very good. You can learn so much of what you want to about post at this time, post it in this format. And a lot of that stuff is really important. And everything from posting square one by one instead of landscape because it will go out to 23% more people. There is stuff like that, which... Yeah you know, we'll cover on the show and if you spend enough time Googling, in fact, a really good resource, I'll put it in the description, later.com is where I get over half of my insights from. It's just one site that is just across every trend and every new update and what how it's broken down in an easy, accessible way. But yeah, I, what, one personal bugbear I really have is people shitting on the algorithm because I'm like, that's just lazy. That's just a cop out for your work not being very good or yeah. the fact that you don't want to put that's the work That's a human in. trait, isn't it? If exactly. we're not succeeding in doing something, we want to blame a Exactly. Another entity. And whilst there is the toxic side of, yes, these platforms definitely want you to pay to reach more people, that is mm. bad. The gatekeeping side is bad, but you can't do anything about it. The thing you can do is with the unpaid posts that you're doing, the organic posts, just, just give it what it wants. Facebook, uh, Instagram, sorry, actually is the best example ever right now. Re they want you to use Reels. Reels are their TikTok ripoff. They yeah. have said officially, not even the whole rumor that came through the, the grapevine, Instagram have officially said they are pushing Reels up to four times more people than any yeah. other platform. Why would you post video as a, we, we had this, we were actually trialing some of, some of our new content out. Uh, so we made a video that was one minute, 15 seconds, right? A reel maximum is 60 seconds at the moment. And I made that in mind of it being a reel. I didn't realize it was too long. I was like, oh shit, can't post it as a reel. I'll just post it as a video onto Instagram. It got less than a hundred views and it got like five likes and it got pushed out to basically no people. The same video pushed out as a reel went to three and a half thousand people, got like 40 plus likes and just went to so many more people and all of the things that come from that. So it is a full-time job being aware of this stuff. Get the greatest hits. You're never going to be perfect until you actually literally hire someone to do it for you. And you shouldn't be spending your money on that at this point in your career. You shouldn't. But you can definitely learn 80-20 rule. You can learn 80% of what you need in 20% of the time if you just look at... I'll end this on this final precise point. Instagram literally has an account called at creators, which like once a week goes, 
this is what we're doing this week. Just yep. do that. And your post will probably go out to five times more people than you're trying to guess and use. And most platforms have an equivalent. Yeah. So that's your 80-20. Yeah, 100%. Is see what the platform is actually telling you they want you to do. And then rather than moaning about it, yep. do it. Yeah. And as a general rule, almost every platform is on video now. So that, yeah. that's the biggest, lowest hanging fruit that almost every musician has is if you're posting a Spotify link a hundred times and going, why is no one caring? Work out a way to make it video. We've talked about this, I think, in previous advice videos of like, just take the audio file and put the artwork and maybe put some text on it because even just that will push it out to so many more people than just posting the Spotify link. There's so many ways, we haven't got time to go into it right now, but just... Yeah, I've seen enough people, a mixture of those questions that came in being about the algorithms in kind of a slightly pessimistic way, paired with just how many people I see yeah. shooting on the algorithm more generally, when it can be your friend, man. Just, just got to treat it properly and give it what it wants. Speaking of treating it properly, Nottingham. Nottingham's got a vibrant, it's November. I know. We're recording this on the 1st of November. October was incredible. Vibrant is a buzzword, but it's, it feels fair for October. Lots yeah. going on. Was it, I can't remember which one was which. Wigflex happened, detonate happened, detonate. Well, detonate happened twice. Detonate, detonate happened at the end of September. September detonate and the festival end was end of September. Detonate at the October. arena. Yeah, Halloween. Was this weekend just gone for Halloween? Yeah. Um, gosh, so many. You went to Unknown Era. Some very rescues. confused uh, hot dog sellers at the arena. I'm not sure they'd seen <laughs> anything seen party before. quite like that before. Um, so October was yeah. crazy. And you know what? Know, November... Yeah. You, you might argue that October had an aura of two years, no gigs, let's pile them up. But you yeah, might yeah. think November's not going to look like that. Uh -uh. November carries on this complete chaos in the best way possible of so many big, significant fun across the genre of Nottingham gigs. We've really got two, significant. Two more arena shows. Yeah. As we record this, London Grammar taking on the arena tomorrow. And right now, looks like they're on the last few hundred tickets. Um, and also... Not By the time this comes out, London Grammar could have... Actually, have sold played out to a sold-out arena, ten thousand yeah. capacity, which only arena. Jake Bug has done of the Nottingham artists. Correct. And then later this, at the end of this month, Sleaford Mods, Mods are having a go. Sleaford yeah. Mods are playing the arena. Sleaford Mods advertising on buses a show at the arena. Mind blown. Beautiful. Welcome to twenty twenty one. And then we've got everything from Chloe Rogers is playing her debut full band headline Bodega show this Friday. Mm -hmm. um, who else have we got? We've got a few other significant gigs coming up. Uh, Crazy P at Rescue Rooms. That's it, 12th. I think that's Friday the 12th. I think it's the 11th, actually, because I think it's the oh, same day. Because um, we're going to be at Inspire You Thoughts because, um, you know, that's all about like, lit artists literally at the start of their career, just just out of the womb. So big gut to miss Crazy P because that's you know, right on my funky street. Did you just but, go... Um, Straight out the womb, I'm good to be missing the crazy penis. Is that I didn't, literally what you just you're said? You're not allowed to say the E-N-I-S. Oh, That's been banned. Since about 2003. As part of them actually getting some more mainstream exposure. Sorry. Um, that's an interesting branding uh, case study. Mm -hmm. um, I think Alice Robbins has She's got, got her bodega, bodega show She's in November. She's smashing it. She's doing a proper, like I think it's four or five day, proper good-sized venues across the country. Yeah. Taking Nottingham... And it's like cat. I think at the Nottingham show she's got cat milk supporting as well, so that'd be really, nice. really cool. Uh, yeah. Isaac Anderson debut headline. Is it rough full trade? band show at Rough Trade? I want to say the seventeenth. Tory oh. Sheard and Drew Thomas supporting on the seventeenth at Rough Trade. So that'd be good. Thing. That's a strong triple. That's a strong, strong Very lineup. Strong. Um, yes, there's some big gigs. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. And, and from Rough Trade to the arena, and twice. also. We're not going to be one of those promoters that only talk about our 
our events, but we do have a very wholesome helping free event at the end of this month which our i think workshop. we should our workshop is at the end of this month boys and girls an entire free panel q a dedicated to it at metronome and not just that not only do you get to see our joyous faces telling you about these topics which you've somehow made it to the end of this podcast listening to but there is also the advice for coming back at the uh, start and at the end which is basically fresh as fair for musicians featuring everyone from musicians union and prs foundation people like prs giving literally like 15 grand to musicians early days to help well, them like, like literally develop. throwing the cash like around. throwing them like going like make crystal maze at that cool studio that. make sure you pay them properly yeah. type vibe <laughs> um through to dhp local team are going to be there telling you how you can get gigs at places like the bodega and support sorts of places like rescue rooms we've we've approached basically everyone in nottingham that can yeah, help. we we invite every musician helping entity don't we correct whether they can make it be bothered covid etc <laughs> so many is, things yeah, it's, yeah, it's different but what we can say is with quite a lot of love and effort this event is being made to be the one-stop shop where you can learn about the things that can help you for free, meet a bunch of people that can help you for free, meet a bunch of other musicians in a networking way that you might not have really been able to do for about two years for free. And also, it's just nice to be in a room with other musicians and remember why you do music, because it's meant to be fun. And that's Tuesday the 30th of November. So get that in your diary, kids. Bong. <laughs> that, 